Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, let's get to our play by play call of the day. Line drive right center field. That's going to split the gap and go all the way to the wall. Kane comes in to score to tie. Yelich on his way to third. He is in. It's a cycle for Christian Yelich. The first for the Brewers since George Kataris. And for Yelich, it's his second five-hit game of the season. You know, the irony is I did a cycle last night for uh, West Virginia against State College. Outfielder for West Virginia for the cycle last night. And like Christian Yelich, needed a triple to get the last part of it and did. So I'm surprised you didn't use the Phillies Grand Slam last night. That was uh, – the funny part is I was watching the game last night, went out to the kitchen – the pitch before the Grand Slam. Thank goodness I have the uh, <laughs> thank, on my TV system. I can rewind live TV. <laughs> I've been so ticked that I missed it. <laughs> I had to run out to get a drink, and it's like I hear I hear Tom McCarty. It's like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> well, do you have it? I can get it. Yeah, I mean, you gotta play that back. Come on, you gotta play it back. Yeah, we'll get it. Yeah, I mean, you got to find it. I mean, it's 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 a big moment. They needed that last night. They that that I mean that was the spark that they needed last night. You know, I mean that was big. All right, why don't you find that? What we'll do is we'll play it after we hear from Audrey. All right, sure. All right, so Audrey Snyder, the athletic, joins us. Audrey, great to have you with us on the show today. Hey, Steve, that's a nice transition there from uh, steroids to me. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I do. It's what I do. Uh, what did you think of the uh, press gathering last night? What did you gather out of it? Uh, I thought it was pretty vanilla. I mean, I think at this point, Steve, it's like so many of these storylines we've been talking about for months. <laughs> now it's like, okay, we talked to James Franklin Tuesday. We picked apart the depth chart Tuesday into Wednesday. Then you go to practice. You see KJ Hamler with a nice catch. You see Matt Kippenhammer with a nice catch. Uh, Danny Dalton with one good catch and one drop. And then... Um, I mean, I think as close as we got to any takeaways last night was just the fact that James Franklin said at some point this year, presumably midpoint of the season, Ricky Slade is going to have a chance to help himself out, Um, which to me, that's nothing new. I've been writing that uh, for a couple months. So, hey, at some point he could be that number two guy behind Miles Sanders, but they're very, very high on the true freshman running back. So definitely wanted to keep an eye on that. I mean, James is pretty straightforward, but were you surprised he talked about a freshman uh, the way he did last night? Uh, not particularly. I think just because you look at it and kind of their pattern for freshman running backs, 
Uh, Barkley was kind of the exception to that. Comes out, force on the depth chart, gets it. Uh, the one carry, I think, at Temple kind of comes out of nowhere, and then we see him take off uh, against Buffalo after that. But it, you look at what they did with Miles Sanders and getting him involved as a freshman as a kick returner. And I mean, there's a lot of hype. These are, to me, see the difference is a lot of these other recruiting classes um, that a lot of Penn State fans are used to, they haven't had guys this highly touted. So now you see that and you say, okay, well, you've got all these four and five star guys. These kids are used to playing against elite competition. I mean, K.J. Hamler, before he got hurt, was at IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida. Um, These are guys that are used to the spotlight, used to the attention. Micah Parsons, certainly one of those guys. Um, So not surprised that he praised them just because I think these kids really are that good and kind of living up to that billing. Uh, The... uh future part of the pieces of the puzzle of future schedules were released today that includes a home and away with Temple in 26-27. I mean, some of these are so far out. I mean, there's there's Delaware, there's Virginia, there's Central Michigan. What were your thoughts on future scheduling? It really shouldn't be much of a surprise, I think. If you talk to Sandy Barber, you listen to what they say, their philosophy on non-conference scheduling, they're going to have one of these marquee crossover games every four or five years, and you look down the road and they have Auburn on there, you have Virginia Tech on there, West Virginia. Um, but fans, of course, I've noticed on social media, they want to nitpick at Temple. They want to nitpick at, of course, Delaware. Um, and obviously Villanova as well. Um, this really isn't any different than anywhere else. I mean, look at what Alabama does. Look at how their schedules align. I mean, you're going to have these marquee games because you're in the Big Ten East. So I really don't understand all the griping about it, Steve. And then you'll get the fans who say, well, I wish they'd play Pitt every year. Well, they're not going to do that. And I know that'll be next week. We'll hear the, the Pitt drumming all over the place next week and about, you know, oh, there's only two more games left in this series until they do whatever with it. Um, that's scheduling. That's how it works. Penn State has been really clear about it. Um, Think of this, if you want to, as the NFL preseason. Um, take it for what it is. Well, what I find interesting, obviously, when I say I spoke over, all over the state, I spoke all over the state. <laughs> the <laughs> only place I got asked about Pitt, the only place, was Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Was Pittsburgh. Yeah. I did not, one other stop along the way was I asked about Pitt. I mean, and that, that's, that's the part that I don't think people get. I think there's I think there's such a drum beat in the western part of the state about Penn State Pitt. They think the drum beats everywhere else. I go to Erie, not asked. I go to Scranton, not asked. Harrisburg, York, not asked. Williamsport, not asked. Sealand Grove, not asked. They just ask in general about the schedule. I get more questions about Ohio State, Michigan, whatever. Then I get nothing about Pitt. Yeah, it's. I think Steve goes back to the question of Penn State, who is their rival, right? And, and people, older fans, want to say it has to be Pitt. Um, but younger people, and I, of course, lump myself into that, we didn't grow up on this. You know, I think you've lost so much of this fan base over time. I agree. Um, because these teams haven't played. And, you know, personally, as a college football fan, I really enjoyed when Penn State played Alabama. Um, I thought that was fantastic. The fans from both sides really seem to like that. Obviously, you're not going to do that every single year when these things are laid out so far in advance. Um, but, yeah, I, the whole idea of wanting to play Pitt every year, I don't get it. Um, and that's certainly not going to happen. 
The game itself on Saturday will then create its own storyline, but where are a couple of items that you're looking at, at least initially, that you think might make your cut that you want to see how it plays out? Mm-hmm. Definitely Miles Sanders. I think that's the big, obvious one. Um, we've seen him in just so many small sample sizes up until this point. Uh, he's the guy, and how do they kind of rotate the backs from there? I was asking Jay one side about that today on a conference call and said, you know, what – What's that rotation like? Do you have a number of carries in mind for Miles Sanders? And Sanders very big on body language and knowing when we got to, you know, get him out, get somebody else in. That's what he was saying. So they're going to get Mark Allen those opportunities. And at some point, Ricky Slade is going to play, uh, which I think kind of parlays into that next storyline. James Franklin has given seven true freshmen the green light to play this year. Obviously, we'll see that on special teams um, with kickoffs and also with field goals being handled by two true freshmen. So that will be worth keeping an eye on. Uh, P.J. Mustafer, we heard so much about all throughout camp, the freshman defensive tackle. So all of these guys, yes, you have that four-game period throughout the year. You can use the freshman however you want to maintain their red shirt. But these seven guys are going to be contributors. And, of course, Micah Parsons, uh, that's – the hype train has rolled through town, Steve, as we all know. Um, I wrote a feature on my or on Micah, rather, uh, that's up on the site today on The Athletic, and just diving into his background, had a chance to speak with his parents, his high school coach, and really those who know Micah best, and said, yeah, this guy has been groomed for this moment, you know, since he was a five-year-old kid running around tackling everybody, and he picked up the nickname The Waterboy. Um, so, yeah, definitely time to see if these freshmen live up to the hype. Yeah, man, that, a lot of people are very interested in that. Like, they're always interested in the new guy. The new oh, guy, absolutely. the new guy is always the, the backup quarterback. New guy, always- backup quarterback. I'm telling you right now, why aren't they playing that quarterback? Uh, well, I don't know. You, you know. If you see him practice, you know why. Uh, <laughs> but one, th- I, one thing I've always discovered about Micah Parsons is that the people around him, and I'm talking about, you know, high school teachers, so forth, they swear by him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I thought Steve, one of the neat, uh, neat or interesting anecdotes I got talking with his high school coach was, you know, I think there's kind of this perception about Micah, and this comes with a lot of five-star kids, is that they're kind of this me, me, me person and whatever. Um, and his high school coach was telling me, you know, Micah came to him, and they were looking for someone to handle kickoffs and somebody to handle punts. And Micah said, I want to do it, let me do it. And his coach thought, oh, you're just messing around, you know, you're wasting our time. And then he watched him punt and was like, okay, you're our punter. Um, and that's what he did. I mean, how many five-star defensive ends are going to be willing to do that? Um, you know, certainly with injury risk in there. Uh, but that's what Micah Parsons did. So I thought that was just kind of an interesting example of, you know, us getting to know more about this guy. All right. So that would be something you'll look for on uh, on Saturday. What about the weekend? What are you looking for for the weekend? You've got uh, – Obviously, Purdue Northwestern gets rolling. You have mm-hmm. Notre Dame playing Michigan. Michigan hasn't beaten a road-ranked team in 13 years, 12 years. 2006 is the last time they beat a ranked team on the road. Uh, you've got Auburn-Washington. You've got Florida State and LSU. you got West Virginia and Tennessee. So what are you looking at this weekend? Honestly, Steve, it's one of those set the DVR and hope for the best. <laughs> uh-huh. I think I think Notre Dame, uh, certainly that's, to me, that's the biggest one with our, kind of our interest in the Big Ten and 
seeing what Michigan can do. Um, but as you know, when you do this job, you miss so much of other college football because you're yeah. focused on on what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, honestly, a lot of it I won't even see probably until Sunday or Monday. Um, but I am curious to see with Michigan. And as always, the defense there should be as good as advertised. But what are you getting on offense? Um curious to see and who knows steve i'm I'm really hoping i get to that game uh before we talk again yeah. next week uh after a game how long does it take you to, to put together and write what you need to write mm-hmm. what kind of deadlines does it, an online have versus a paper yeah it, it's limitless um which i think is good and bad and good in the sense that you can actually watch the game and ask you know be the last person in the media um, but it's also bad in the sense that sometimes I don't know when to stop, and so I'll keep working, yeah, right. and then next thing you know, it's super late in the morning. Um, 3.30 kick, I'll probably be working until at least 11 o'clock, and then go home, want to rewatch the game, probably get up early Sunday and do that, um, and kind of dig into it. So it's really never-ending, um, but I, I just love the fact that you don't feel crunched just to send something in because you have a deadline. Um, I think that really kind of works works well with the, the stories I like to write and uh, gives me time to kind of think about it and maybe go back and rewatch something just to make sure you kind of got, got the best, most accurate view on it. Uh, tight end spot, what's your thought on that going into the season? Mm-hmm. Definitely going to be by committee. Um, Danny Dalton has impressed them a lot this camp, yep. which also I think it, it it's worth saying that he was the only guy who was healthy um, not named Zach Coons during spring ball. So I think uh, Trace McSorley definitely has a comfort level with Danny Dalton, and certainly there's a comfort level there too with Jonathan Holland. But like so many of these positions, Steve, we always hear the word consistency. And one of the first things I learned in journalism school was when people say consistency, um, it means that they don't have what they're looking for, right? That it's not up to par. So you look at it, and someone has to create some separation there. So I think. Whoever has the better game there maybe jumps ahead on the depth chart for uh, the following week. And I think that's really what you kind of look at, too, at right tackle. And you say, okay, it's either Chaz Wright or Will Fries. I think Chaz Wright um, will get the start. And then you maybe how they work Fries in after that because they feel like, you know, they have six offensive linemen that they can win with, six yep. starter quality guys. Um, and I think it sounds like they, they feel the same way with the tight ends. Well, it's finally here at least. Okay, it's, fi- it's, it's, it's finally here. I mean, some people say, oh, it goes quickly. I felt like this was a long off season. I think in part because of the stories we've had to deal with in the past month, it may have me- feel even longer. So finally, get a chance. Thank you so much, Audrey. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you this weekend. Absolutely. Take care, Steve. Audrey Sider from The Athletic. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to have you on the show today. You know, it's a, we were talking yesterday. Um, Buzz called in yesterday, and Buzz was talking about the 18-game schedule potential in the NFL and so forth, which brought up the topic of less is more. And less is more. And the problem is, is that right now we are in an environment where you have a group of people that have that have no. And I talk about this all the time. It, 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 somebody brought this up to me today about, you know, I, I, the 
I said something about how TV loves the love sellouts and they love, you know, the sound and the feel of a stadium that's full. And he said to me, he said, well, that's the one time I agree with uh, with you when you talk about feel. And you know what? My first thought was, they don't get what he didn't get what I was saying. That's not what I'm saying. I was talking about the literal feel of how it sounds and the environment and so forth. Uh, having a feel for something is you really know your whatever it may be. You may you may be somebody who is who makes clay pots, and you make clay pots better than anybody else. That's because you've got an understanding and an eye, and in other words, you have a feel for it. Uh, it's in it's in anything. Scott Fransky has a real feel as to how to be a baseball play-by-play guy. Okay, Merrill Merrill does as a football play-by-play guy. They know their job. They understand their job. They know why they're doing something at a particular time where somebody else who doesn't quite have the same feel for it doesn't. Okay? I talk about uh, the ability of Trace McSorley to play quarterback. It's, it's not only what he does fundamentally, but he has a feel for the position, an instinct with it that's just a little bit different. Instinct means something. An instinct happens because you know just a little bit more about it than somebody else, so you know. All right, now let's get back to the 18-game schedule. You know, there's a lot of ownership in sports and also the union part in sports where they don't really have a feel for sports. They have a feel for numbers, but not sports. And that's becoming a problem in sports. More and more people that are in it that don't have the instinct or the feel for it. So they don't understand that less is more. All they're looking at is a bottom line. They're looking at a number. And if the number says, I don't make money until I get to this point, right? now you're ending up with, for example, people asking, okay, we have a $134 million quarterback over four years. How do I pay for it? Can I pay for it in, in 16 games, or would it really help me if I had 18? Hasn't It has nothing to do with what might be right that makes your sport more popular. Okay? It has nothing to do with what might be right that makes your sport more popular, because I think more games actually makes a sport potentially less popular. There is... There's, uh, a lack of urgency to it. Sports, sports thrives on urgency. Uh, you know, okay, here they come. What are the Phillies? Four and a half back? Yes. They're four and, a half, four and a half back of the division? Okay, so right now, what we have is, in Philadelphia, a sense of urgency, right? Sense of urgency. And... Uh, You would the, hope you would hope they would have a sense of urgency. That was a topic that I'd heard brought up yeah, on one of the Philly radio but, stations earlier this week when they were slumping against the Nats. Okay, but, is Gabe okay. pushing the right buttons so they can finally flip that switch and and know that they're still well, they, they still I'm have not a shot? Sure, I'm not sure Gabe has has a feel for the job. He, he has a he has an understanding of numbers. Managing is more than that. You have to have a feel for the job. I don't care how many MIT guys and Harvard guys and so forth. 
I mean, I'd like to see their grades at Harvard and MIT. As an old friend of mine once said, C's and D's get degrees. <laughs> I'm living proof right here. <laughs> C's and D's get degrees. <laughs> LHU. Loved it so much I stayed five and a half. Four was not enough. <laughs> oh, no, nah, I was out in three and a half. Yes, you were. Um, uh, I didn't hit Van Wilder status. Five got to five and a half, so... <laughs> Oh. They see the bottom line. And that's all they see. They don't see the long-term effect of doing something like this. Football football has the shortest season. There is a sense of urgency almost every week in it because of that. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, now last night the Phillies won. And Santana hit a grand slam last night. And for some reason, Sean did not pick it as the play-by-play call today. Oh, for some reason, I thought the cycle just kind of... The guy from the Brewers who hit the cycle. I mean, it's just rare for that to happen in baseball. It's our, it's our hometown team, man. I know. I know. Come on, man. Come, Come on. on. What are we doing here, man? Come on, man. You got to understand. For award. I mean, you want to be a cool cat? You want to be the guy that gets out there be a leader? Come on. You got to pick out something the, the kids love. Here, play for them. The 0-1. Swing and a drive to deep center field. Michael A. Taylor on the run. Back he goes. He looks up. And it is gone. Goodbye. Grand slam home run by Carlos Santana with one swing of his bat. He's taking the Phillies from three runs down to one run on top. His 20th home run of the season. It is now 6-5 Philadelphia. How do you like that? Well, I liked it more if I heard in the play-by-play call. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are they done arguing over in the digital media office? Or I pretty much stayed bunkered down in here. I, I... Are you sure? I mean, yeah. yeah. I just want to make sure it's okay. Uh, I was talking about uh, everything today is so numbers-based. But I think what we're losing, what we're losing in sports, and we're losing it at some point in business too, is that we are so married to numbers, and we think numbers tell the entire story. That you lose the feel for it. The most successful people are the ones that their gut tells them, uh, "You know what? This feels right. This feels wrong," and you, we're losing that right now. I mean, we're losing that in some ways. Uh, you know, take Gabe Kapler. I'm not sure Gabe Kapler has a real feel for what's going on. I'm not saying he doesn't know the game, but I think he's so married to numbers. I think Clint Hurdle's married to numbers. You know, all the shifting and everything they do and the number of pitchers they throw out there and so forth. I mean, um, sometimes you wonder. I mean, Doug Peterson, now there's a guy who at least last year showed us the great feel he has for the game. He called a brilliant season. He called a brilliant Super Bowl. Brilliant. 
This is not a question of he outcoached Belichick or anything like that. It's nothing to do with that, okay? But think about what he dialed up when he needed to dial it up. The two-point play with Burton throwing to Foles. Okay, that's brilliant. But he picked the time to use it. Now I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example. Sometimes you put something in, and you practice it and you practice it. Do you remember there was a play in oh I want to say two thousand seven at Michigan State, where remember it was a touchdown play that they snapped it to Kevin Kelly directly, and Kelly ran it in for a touchdown. Do you remember the play? You probably don't. I mean, it's a lot of people wouldn't. But they practiced that play for seven weeks. Seven weeks. Okay? And then they picked the right moment to use it. That's feel. That's instinct. Now let me give you another one. Okay, let's go 180. John Butler. John Butler had this had this fake punt dialed in, and you could tell what the fake punt was going to be based on the positioning of Derek Day. And it was third down and 11 against Ohio State, and they just put the play in that week. And all of a sudden I saw Dave move, and I looked over at Jack. I go, no, not now. This is not the right time. And the play was broken up. All right? That was one of those, I'm not, you know what I mean? See what I'm talking about? Feel for the game. Well, same thing in business, too. Saying that you want 18 regular season games versus 16 because you want to eliminate two preseason games, okay? You're going to have to pay the players more, so you're going to need those two games anyway. Oh, and by the way, um, you've had a good thing going with 16 games. You can't just keep saying more is better, more is better. Sometimes, okay, less is more. 16 games has now worked for 40 years. Now, I will be the first to tell you that when this 18-game idea came up maybe seven or eight years ago, I was like, hey, that's a great idea. I mean, I, don't, I want to watch more regular season football and less preseason football. But that's But now, they're, you know... I've talked about this in high school football the last couple of years. I think the playoffs are too long. There's too many playoffs in high school football. Too many. I remember, I mean, obviously I'm going back now 42 years, or whatever the heck it is. I guess it's 42 years now. I guess it's 43 years this year. But when I was when I was in high school playing high school football, we played our last game of the season on Thanksgiving at 10 a.m. Thanksgiving morning against our crosstown rival. And they put a, they put extra stands in all the way around, and they usually had 10 to 15,000 people at the game on Thanksgiving morning. It became a tradition. Well, you know, we weren't sitting there thinking about playoffs and things like that. We were playing our crosstown rival in the last game of the season, and guess what? It was 
town again the same it was all in the same town we all knew each other and the town came out and watched well that was a big deal and guess what when the game was over people went off to play basketball others went off to wrestling whatever now (laughs) Kevin played in it the next year Okay, you want to know what the score of the game was? I came back. Okay, it was Thanksgiving, so I was I was a freshman in college. Zero zero. We played to a nothing nothing tie. Oh, and Kevin made a couple of big plays, and Kevin's a good player. Kevin was a good player. Kevin was a good wrestler, but I have to admit the game was bad. <laughs> <laughs> now football was he a two way player? He just played defensive tackle. Uh, I was a two-way player at one point, and then they and then they had me just play offensive tackle because because of an injury. They just needed me to play offensive tackle. And somebody got hurt, and they said, "Look, you get you know, instead of playing both ways, we need you to just lock in on one side." I said, "Okay, fine." I mean, I wasn't I wasn't a, I was okay. How about that? One grade, I can tell you that. But. Yeah, it's um. I'm getting I'm getting concerned. I mean, look, we know greed is certainly greed is a part of it, but there's also a reality to it too. As I mentioned, the NHL owners don't make money until they get to the third round of the playoffs. Now nobody opens their books anymore. And look, you know, attendance isn't quite what it was. People are talking about millennials. Well, I want to be fair about millennials for a moment because they're talking about them being a key to attendance and they can't get them interested. Millennials can't afford a lot right now. What can they afford? They are loaded down with student loan debt. It's dragging everything down. I mean, they don't have spendable income, Sean. Where's their, where's their additional spendable income to go to concerts, to go to games, to get a cable package, for goodness sakes? Can't do it. Because they've got that one bill coming in every single month that just that weighs them down. Ain't some, you know, there's certain, I mean, did you have any student loan debt when you went to school? Thankfully, I did not. I know Deb had a little bit, and we were able to, uh, <laughs> actually, we just paid that off maybe not even two, three years ago. Big relief. I mean, that's one thing. Like my son Dan uh, had some, but his wife has a lot. I mean, that's just the, that's just a fact of life, and that's something that's not being recognized by those who own and run businesses or have entertainment or whatever. They're not looking at you know. They're, all they're doing is complaining about all oh, the millennials, all oh, the millennials. You know, they're the problem. We can't get them interested. Well, if they had less debt, you would have them interested. It's not that they don't want to do things. It's the fact that they can't. How many jobs do you need to work to to pay off that? You know, it's hard to buy a house, hard to buy a car, hard to do anything. I mean, when you've got that one big bill over there that you took loans out on, you get yourself through college. Yeah, thankfully, I buckled down and was able to fill out some paperwork and get extra Pell grants to get my to get my numbers down. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you're talking 
you know, students that are, you know, facing 80 plus grand and a lot more than that. And what if they decide to, to transfer and that tax more money onto your bill? You, there's a lot of that. And not only that, not only a lot of it, but at the same time, I think as, as you know, you've got to come up, I think, with certain ways of doing things in a business now that makes it attractive for them understanding the economic plate they're under. I think, for example, I'll give you an example. Penn State football's done a good job with, you know, if you're within five years out of school, your season ticket package is less. Um, just a thought. Ah, then there's Gabe Kapler. Your guy. He's your guy. Hey, by the way, are they done arguing in the uh, digital media office? Uh, yes. Oh, good. Everything all right? Uh, I asked how to go. He said, just great. Didn't feel too confident after he said that. I said, told you you should have been on the show instead. But Horty was awesome. Horty was great. Horty was terrific. Not good. Not good. He was great. I mean, well, I'll tell you right now. I mean, you think about on Shikolami the last three years. Soup might be the third best person on the segment. Where <laughs> <laughs> he leaves tonight, I'll say, oh, do, you, "Do you have another meeting next Thursday?" <laughs> We're good. <laughs> hey, Horty's a smart guy, man. Got his number now. We're good. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Yeah, and uh, he and. Uh, Kevin will have uh, a broadcast coming up on uh, Friday night at 7. 6.30 will be the airtime in News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. And then don't forget on Facebook, Kevin will have a two to three minute preview of the game on site. So even though you're driving into the game and won't be able to see it, he will still do it. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Did I get that wrong? <laughs> Maybe he'll do it from the field. Who knows? Sometimes he goes down on the field for a couple of minutes before airtime. He may do that. <laughs> that had to be a real show. Was it 41-7 last week? Yes. That would be a shock to the system. Yeah. Hey, Purdue Northwestern tonight. I think Texas A&M plays Northwestern State tonight, too. I don't think I'm getting the Steelers game tonight. So, yeah, I'll probably tune into Northwestern Purdue. And a couple, got a few things on the – well, oh, that's right. I'll definitely tune in to uh, WNEP2 tonight for Coach's Corner and the first unrivaled show of the season, 8.30 tonight. Well, the uh, what's interesting is that uh, – when you look at um, Northwestern, you know, Clayton Thorson's only eight months removed from an ACL. Is he going to play tonight? They won't say. And we don't know who the starting quarterback for Purdue is. It's either Sindelar or Blau. But you know my theory on that. Oh, look, 18's out there. It's Thorson. <laughs> <laughs> I know that drives that drives you guys nuts. <laughs> Who's the starter? Ah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Whoever, whoever's out there, I'll call. Well, it's like the whole thing with Alabama. Who's it going to be? Yeah, I, you know, 
Eli, I think I'll, I might text Eli and just say a lot of pressure's on you to figure out you know the difference between a two and a thirteen as to who starts. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> we'll come back, wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. If you want to have a fun day and have less than perfect credit, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has 17 2018 Hyundai Elantras picked out for anyone who has less than perfect credit. Every new Hyundai comes with a 10-year, 100,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty and Hyundai assurance. Sunbury Motors Hyundai will work hard to get you approved on a brand-new Hyundai Elantra. Bankrupt, divorced, slow pay should not be an issue at Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Why settle for a used vehicle when you can bring your blues credit to Sunbury Motors Hyundai. 17 2018 Hyundai Elantras picked out for anyone who has less than perfect credit. If you want to have a fun day and have less than perfect credit, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. Sunbury Motors Hyundai in the Black Building on North 4th Street in Sunbury. 17 2018 Hyundai Elantras picked out for anyone who has less than perfect credit. If you want to have a fun day and have less than perfect credit, you have to drive a Hyundai from Sunbury Motors Hyundai. All right. Home stretch here. I mean, we got a lot of college football going on tonight. A lot of college football. It's opening night. That's Central Connecticut Ball State. Let's see. Kent State, Georgia State. Central Florida, Yukon. Northwestern Purdue. Let's see, Southeast Louisiana against Louisiana Monroe, Savannah State against UAB, Northwestern State against Texas A&M. It's all coming up tonight. Now, your Steelers play tonight, right? Yes. Yeah, I was saying earlier I didn't think the game would be on tonight. I know that uh, the Eagles will be on Fox 56. The Steelers could be on the CW tonight if you get those Wilkes-Barre Scranton channels on your TV system. So could be on the CW tonight. And the Phillies are off tonight. Phillies are off tonight, yes. Uh, need to find something. Uh, yesterday helped. Maybe yesterday propels them. We'll see. Uh, hitting a grand slam. Santana hitting the grand slam. Really helped. And uh, But there's still four and a half back. Six o'clock airtime tonight for the Eagles on Eagle 107. I believe it's a 5.30 pregame airtime for Steelers Panthers, and they'll kick at 7.30 on 100.9 the Valley. Yeah, I think the, the our Shikolami broadcasts should expand the pregame to an hour. I think you're getting agreement from the play-by-play guy on that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could take one full hour of... You know, which which Tilford's playing tonight? Sure. <laughs> I remember when they used to remember they used to do the Pepsi Stadium show. Remember when Kevin and Horty would do that? How long ago the was Pepsi's... that? Was that what, five six years ago? How long ago was it? Ten years ago? Fifteen years ago? Okay, back to the year. mid mid two thousands. Yeah, you guys would do like a thirty minute Pepsi Stadium show. Yeah, then you'd walk up to the booth after that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, they brought the Pepsi truck. That's right. Yeah. Why don't you just do it like the Penn State Sports Network? Why don't you start at 5.30 and then kick off at 7? <laughs> I 
They'll be I'm doing that. No response. <laughs> I'm getting no response. Hey, Kevin fact, Doug will be doing that at Bucknell on Saturday. I can tell you right now, they're there for what, an hour and a half. They'll be doing an hour expanded pregame on Eagle 107 from Christie on Saturday. That's the only time all season they're doing that, though, right? Learfield tailgate show at five, so they'll be doing a bonus half hour pregame on Eagle 107 on Saturday. That's terrific. And I believe Rob Center is going to be doing a live broadcast beginning because he starts at 4 or 3. Does he go 3 to 5 or 4 to 5? I know they're doing like a, we're doing a big broadcast, big uh, pre-pre. Well, we're, uh, we're, we're sponsoring, we were sponsoring the fireworks. That so. is correct. Yep, all part yeah, of the fireworks. We're, we're and, sponsor- yeah. Oh. And I'll be there next Saturday on the 8th. Uh, we'll be doing a broadcast before the uh, Sacred ah. Heart game, <laughs> before that coverage too. So. Right. So if Shikolemi goes on at 5.30, kickoff at 7 o'clock, nice hour and a half pregame show to get you ready for the night. In fact, you could take the first half hour and you could give us the preview of all the playoffs. No? Yeah, he could do that. No, he said he could do that. So, <laughs> I mean, after one, after one week, who's in the driver's seat? How about this? You got Midwest, Midwest. Columbia Montorvo Tech. No, Midwest. Midwest, I mean, but they're up, they're up, they're up at the top though. Oh, Votech did. Okay. Midwest is currently leading. Nothing, in, nothing more thought? effective. Nothing more effective than having a guy off mic yelling in the background. Yeah, I know. All right, so <laughs> voices behind my right yeah. shoulder. I'll tell you that Benton School of Broadcasting really paid off. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the SB Institute of Technology. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, Jersey Shore is at Shickleham, uh, is at uh, Sealands Grove. Lewisburg's at Central Mountain, and of course, Central Columbia at Shiklamy. Those are our games. Shiklamy will be on News Radio 1070 WKOK, Sealands Grove on Eagle 107, and Lewisburg on 100.9 The Valley. Steelers play tonight, Eagles play tonight, Phillies are off. And tomorrow, the King is on the show. Picks. We're bringing back the picks. It's about time. It all culminates with the big bowl show, I believe. So is he? Is is Kevin Her now the four-time champ or five? That'd be four. One for the thumb. He's hoping. <sighs> I mean, I actually have to study this year. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.